Welcome to the Salon Owners Collective Podcast. Each week on the podcast, you'll hear stories and tactics from experts and influencers who will provide you with actionable steps to transform your business and your life. I'm your host, Larissa McClemon, and I help salon owners move from stress and overwhelm to lead a life of freedom and profit by implementing a strategic framework to grow and scale their business. So wherever you are in the world, I want to officially invite you to join me in this episode and make an important step in your journey towards more freedom and more profit. Congratulations, you've finally done it. You're holding the keys to your very own salon for the first time. This is the moment that you've been dreaming about since you began your journey as a young salon apprentice, ready to take the next big step in your journey. I'm so excited for you. I believe that this is the next natural stepping stone in your career. Once you've been in the industry for years and have learned all of the hands-on skills, this feels like the next step to pursue a different passion owning a business. This was the case for me. I had just turned the ripe old age of 20, finished my apprenticeship, and was really itching to dig my feet into something more, something new, something that was going to stretch me. And owning a business seemed like the perfect fit. 20 years later, my salon was approaching the $2 million mark, and we had a team of 30. So if I can do it, you can do it too. Now, in saying that, A lot of the time, I see so many people jumping into ownership, just like I did, way too quickly without considering all of the ups and downs that actually comes with owning a business and what that may look like. Take it from me, I made a lot of mistakes all of the time in my business, but this actually helped me learn from my experience. And now I have the knowledge to show other salon owners how they can do it in the right way. Sometimes it takes someone else that has been in your shoes before to let you know exactly what you're getting yourself into. Because honestly and truthfully, no sugarcoating. (laughs) So this week, I wanted to bring a good dear friend of mine and someone who I used to coach to become a coach is Louise May to talk about what opening a salon may look like for you. Now, Louise is not only a salon mentor, a successful business salon owner, a magazine editor to Hair Biz Australia, but she's also an incredible mother and wife to her family which I love and adore. Learning from someone that has not only taken the same leap as you, but has been successful in doing so will be super valuable. So I'm keen for you to hear this chat with Louise. So let's dive in to this episode and hear Louise's amazing advice. Louise, thank you so much for joining me on the Salon Owners Collective Podcast. Very pleased to have you here. How are you? How are you going? Good, good. Thanks for coming. Thank you for having me. It's exciting. So, Lou, before we start, will you tell us uh, who are you, Louise? Where are you in the world? What do you do? How did you get to be doing that? Okay, so um, hi, everyone. I'm Louise May. Uh, I reside in the very beautiful um, Port Macquarie, which is halfway between Sydney and Queensland on the mid-north coast. We've been here for nine years now. And um, I am a salon owner. Um, I have a salon in Port Melbourne uh, in Victoria and um, have owned pr- uh, salons prior to, um, prior to living here. We, um, we sold our last salon in 2012 and, um, and then had a sea change up here to Port. Um, I'm a mum of three children um, and I'm a wife to my beautiful hubby, James. And... Um, I'm the editor of Hebiz Australia, 
magazine. And what else? I have a, a mentoring company, uh, Louise May Salon Mentoring. And um, I, uh, I have a, a group academy where um, salon owners, uh, it's an online academy. And um, I do a little bit of one-on-one, but mainly uh, I'm present inside the academy and we do the foundations and framework of, of running a, um, and starting a business, a salon business. Well, that is a huge resume um, <laughs> that keeps you busy. I don't know how you do it, um, but uh, the one thing I know about you is you're certainly passionate about helping people um, and you're very good at doing that. So I thought it would be good to bring you here to talk about a topic that um, we get asked at Salon Owners Collective often and a lot, and I thought you were the perfect person to have this conversation with, and that is people reach out to us when they're ready to open their first salon and they're getting ready and they've made the decision that they want to leave being an employee and they want to step into um, owning their own business. So I thought the first thing I would love to explore is if um, a salon, a potential salon owner is listening to this podcast and wanting to think about where the heck do I start? Uh, We should pick up those pieces and discuss them today. But I wanted to start specifically with what options are there? Because it can be quite daunting. I certainly remember doing it myself to choose the commercial premise, take on rent, to think about all the overheads. But there are some other options that might be some sort of middle ground. So let's just talk through some of those options. When we want to leave employment, we're ready to step out on our own. So tell us. Put some things to think about. Especially in today's um, like sort of unprecedented times and in the environment that we're in at the moment, it is it is really daunting. Um, the first thing I would suggest, and I, I guess it also depends on what relationship that you have with your employer, but is to explore the option of possibly going that one step from employment to um, freelancing. Uh, if that's the the right word that I'm looking for, and stay where you are. That's the probably the first thing I do. Um, is I'm I'm in the process of doing that at the moment with one of my stylists in Victoria. She's ready to step out, and um, and I don't want to lose her. So, you know, we've come up with an agreement that really um, is beneficial to both of us. So, that's probably my first option that I would explore. Um, but then you've got uh, renting a chair. Um, there is a lot of um, salon suites. You know, we've got um, places like um, One Maples Lane in Melbourne that has amazing single suites to rent. Salon Lane in Sydney, um, Queensland, they're, they're all popping up now. So that sort of suite environment where you have a small room um, and you pay for the time that you're there basically um, under under a contractual basis um, or home-based depending on, you know, you might have children. I've, I've got a lot of um, people that I work with who have professional um, licensed home-based businesses where they've set up and, you know, the, they're sort of tossing up because childcare is really expensive so they might, um, you know, be that might be an option for them. Um, and then the commercial space. 
So just it really depends on, I guess, what, what your big goal is and then reverse engineering that backwards to, to figure out the steps that you need to take to get where you want to be. I love that. And, it's, and you know, it is giving you a stepping stone. You can work for yourself, but in, in the current environment that you're already comfortable, it's a good start to start learning some of the basics. Or you can get a space that's your own, but it's small and you're not paying for a lot of space. Um, or you're converting space at home before you have to go and get a big commercial premise that often needs a team to think about, which is another whole story, yeah. in order to cover rent and expenses and, and whatnot. Mm. Hey, I just wanted to pop in to tell you something. Don't worry, we're going to get back to this awesome episode in just a second. Now, if this sounds like you, listen up. You have a team. You love your team. But... You're sick of wondering why and wishing your team would make their sales targets. You want them to be smashing sales because it shows that they're actually looking after their clients really well. Like imagine if you could have a way to make more from the clients that you already have, increase sales without spending more on advertising. Well, it's totally possible and I want to help you. And I want to help you do it with ease in a classy way. No hard and dirty sales tricks here ways to serve your clients make more because everybody wins the team the client and of course you the business owner now if you want to find out more just dm me uh, and let's chat i'll make a plan for you i'm also going to leave a link for you on the show notes of this episode all right let's get back to the episode okay so let's um let's talk about this a little bit further we've decided to go out on our own in whichever capacity that is, the, the rule, same rules apply, right? Whether or not you're freelancing in a salon suite, um, home or in a commercial premise, you still need to know the numbers. So talk to me a little bit about what are the numbers that we need to know and what do I need to be keeping my eyes on? Well, I mean, it, it depends on where you are, um, in what environment that you're in, but what it boils down to is, you know, what do you need to be turning over to be able to show up every day, to be able to, you know, pay your mortgage or pay your rent, pay your childcare um, or your insurances, um, stock, all of that sort of, you know, all of everything that you need to break even to, um, to be able to trade. Those are the things that you really need to take into account. And then the other thing that I see, which is a huge thing, um, that I see salon owners do when they go out and work for themselves is that they don't take into consideration what they need to be turning over to be able to like it for um, to work out their pricing. Does, does that make sense? So most, or well, I won't say all of them, but I would say 80% out of the 100% of salon owners that I've spoken to over all of these years um, when they've gone out onto their own, um, you know, into their own business, they look around at what everybody else is charging. So they'll, you know, do a, um, a little bit of research on who's in the area and they'll either place themselves somewhere in the middle of all that pricing or they'll go lower. And you have you experienced this as well Larissa <laughs> oh for sure yeah yeah <laughs> for sure. Um, so you know you you really need to be looking at what your break-even is 
you know, what you need to be turning over on a weekly basis and then what profit that you want on top of that. So, you know, because you, you want to be, um, none of us open up a business to, to not earn any money, you know, so you need to know what you need to be turning over, what you need to, and then break that right down to what you need to be turning over on an hourly basis. And then make sure that when you price yourself, that the timing of your services, so say, for example, a, a shampoo cut and blow dry for an hour, an hour service, the hour that you've broken down, every hour that you're working for yourself, or if you've got a team, that you're turning over that amount of money. Yeah, I think that's a really important point you bring up because often when uh, salon owners come to me and we start to work together, um, what I often notice is that they're often not paying themselves as much as they used to earn when they were working for somebody else. Yeah. And so we want to make sure that one, the stylist that's doing the work, like I think you break yourself in two, the stylist that's doing the work needs to get paid like a stylist working at any other place. And then there's this other half of you that is now a business owner that now takes all of the risk, probably loaned some money, um, works all the extra hours to do the wages and the accounts and the marketing and all of the legal things, that half of you doesn't even get paid because the hairdresser half of you or the stylist half or the therapist part of you is not getting paid enough either. Mm. And we fool ourselves that our business is profitable, but it, the business is not even paying the primary stylist properly, which no. is good. Yeah. And so it gets yeah. blurred because we're the owner and we're the stylist. Mm. And of course, often we're passion-based industry we're passionate about serving our clients and our business that we have and the autonomy that we have that we forget that we're not getting paid properly and we're prepared to work for free yeah. we just haven't realized that we're working for free yeah so I think it's important that you know we kind of separate ourselves from the person that's doing the work and go hey, that, that girl deserves to be paid yeah. commercially a commercial yeah. rate yeah. and then don't forget the girl that was brave enough to go out on her own she needs to get paid too mm. um, and if we can have that thinking and take it into our pricing and our break even and, and work it out then we just need to move the, remove the emotion Lou very very much so and um and and learn to pay yourself first not last mm -hmm. you know um I uh, in in the academy that is that is one thing that we that we that um we focus on is you know you don't come last, you come first. And um, it's like if you had a primary stylist or therapist and you didn't pay them, would they turn up to work happy, excited, 100% and show up for the clients? Well, why do we do it to ourselves? Because ultimately that chips away at us and eventually we're like, screw this. I hate being in business. A lot of the time, you know, salon owners that go out by themselves and they, you know, they might be renting a chair or, uh, you know, freelancing or, start off as a home-based business and they you know they they might be earning a couple of thousand dollars a week but once you break all of that down and you pay everything that you've got to pay you know there's there's nothing there's nothing left and and I really um you know it, you really have to think of it as a business not a hobby yeah otherwise don't do it don't yeah. go out on your own. Yeah. <laughs> stay, yeah. stay safe. Yeah. <laughs> Let's talk about a little bit a bit more about that and, and um kind of like the non-negotiable boundaries that we could and should really set for ourselves as we change. When we work for somebody else, the boundaries are, are given to us. Here you go. 
you need to work these hours, this is how much you pay, and these are the jobs that we'll do. Somebody else sets that. And when we go and work for ourselves, nobody's setting the boundaries for us. And I think unless we're intentional about it, uh, those boundaries can get lost. What are your thoughts? Very much so. Um, Non-negotiables non are a, you know, one of the highest things on my list. And, um, you know, the, the three biggest stresses um, I see salon owners go through is, is time. You know, they never have enough time. They're always working in their business and don't have time to work on it. Or they're up at, till all hours of the night, you know, and, um, and they're missing little Johnny's soccer game on a Saturday or, or whatever. I, I really think that um, you have to have clear boundaries and clear non-negotiables and and be very um be very disciplined when you start a business because what what i what i usually see um with the people that i'm dealing with and talking to on a daily basis is that they are, are living week to week because they haven't priced themselves correctly they're not paying themselves they're working till all hours and they, this vicious cycle, I, I, um, you know, it's like the more they, they, um, you know, they're like a, a mouse on a wheel. They, they go, 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 go. And, and, you know, they get enough and then they slow down a little bit. And then when that runs out, they go, go, go again. And it just becomes this huge vicious cycle. And if you, if you don't have those boundaries in place, it just, you know, it, exhaustion kicks in, overwhelm kicks in, procrastination kicks in, and it just becomes this huge, shocking cycle that I know many. And then one day, many, one day we wake up and go, what am I doing this for? Well, yeah. I hate my business. Yeah. Uh, I'm out. So yeah. we want to protect ourselves early so we can be in it for the long haul mm. and do it for the right reasons. Mm. Okay. Uh, in terms of starting uh, a new business we've talked about knowing the numbers properly making sure we're pricing ourselves correctly making sure we get paid first setting some boundaries up right at the beginning so we don't fall into that trap and we don't uh, go beyond the basics of, of the average human <laughs> capability <laughs> what about so we talked about self we've talked about money what about clients um, what are your thoughts on attracting clients into our new business well quite often you know you'll you'll ask someone um who is it that you look after you know and nine times out of ten they'll say whoever walks in the door but to me you know I think it's all about I, I, I hate the I hate the saying but it is working smarter not harder you know really working on your cherry picking the clients that you I mean if you've got a window of opportunity you know 38 hours or 30 hours or depending on you know I've got clients who work three days a week um, and do longer days it just all depends on you know I guess your goals and and the the hours that you want to put in etc but um, if you if you look at your ideal client and think about who it is that you want to be looking after and that makes you happy to be looking after that you enjoy being in your chair um it is you, you know you don't have to be slogging it 
12 hours a day, seven days a week to hit your goals. So cherry picking a little bit more and more, being a little bit more intentional about who we work with. Um, and so really you're saying working with people who invest a little bit more in themselves or in their hair so you can do more over less time. Yeah, so looking looking at who your ideal client is, um, you know, how often that they're, they're coming in. So whether they're, you know, um, whether they're grey coverage clients, you know, what sort of what age bracket they're in, um, you know, those that rebook, those that like to, um, you know, buy home hair care um, or depending on if it's skincare as well, you know, um, whether it be facials over waxing, I guess it just all depends on your niche and, and what you specialise in. Um, you know, I've, I've got clients who um, specialise in balayage, you know, and, and that is their, that sort of lived in colour is, is, um, is their look, is their, their client base that they, that they look after. But, um, you know, bearing in mind also that they have longer um, timeframes between, you know, the time, the, the um, revisiting time, the rebooking time. So um, obviously you need more clients to be sitting in your chair. than Because they're going to visit you less times in a year. Yeah. We need to have more clients. So yeah. I guess it's being intentional, isn't it? It's really the yeah. message is being intentional yeah. about who am I, want, who am I wanting to spend time with? Who do I enjoy spending time with? Yep. What kind of services do I like to do? And then what does that look like as a business model? And yeah. what do I need to do to... Uh, How can I make my day as profitable as possible? Yeah, without working 12 hours a day, seven yeah. days of the week, yeah. Yeah. Um, how can I make this work for me so I can still go to Little Johnny's Soccer Game, yeah. Um, yeah. eat a meal every afternoon yeah. um, and have a profitable business? Yeah, and not be so overwhelmed that, you know, I'm, I'm trying to look after everybody. I'm not saying that, you know, that there, there is not, um, you know, there's not salons for children or men's or, or whatever, but I, I just think that if you're, especially with the type of clients that I work with, which is smaller boutique-based businesses um, who are looking for that work-life balance, um, you know, who are... I work with a lot of solo salon owners or very small teams. Um, so that is really where the, the, you know, it's where the, the gold is at with looking at being as profitable as possible with the least amount of hours that you're doing. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Okay, um, some valuable tips. Those are some good takeaways if you're thinking about stepping out on your own, whichever which way feels like a good <laughs> next step. Um, thank you, Lou. That's a good checklist of things to think about and get started with. Now, being a business owner, multiple business owner, um, what is a quote or a mantra or something that keeps you looking forward, moving or, or sane at least? Okay. So the thing that I, um, the thing that I've noticed over the time of, of working with salon owners is social media is usually the biggest thing that they hate doing um, or they, you know, they lack the time or don't know what to post or, you know, whatever it is, it's usually something based around social media. Um, so my, my mantra is imperfect action always. 
So, you know, rather than waiting for something to be perfect, put yourself out there, get it done. You know, I've been in, I've been there before where, well, you know, Larissa, um, Larissa was my business coach many years ago. Um, If you're not taking action, you get left behind. Yeah. And actually, just to add another layer onto that, it's the, it's in the action that you do the learning on how to get it perfect. Yeah. Like we yeah. can't in theory get it perfect and then take the action. We actually need to do the action, practice the action to work out how to get it perfect. Maybe yeah. perfect is, is never the achievable goal, but at least working towards improving, right? Yeah, very um, much so. so. I, I love that as, as a mantra because I think um, for people... For successful people, that is definitely one of the attributes. One must take action and mm. keep moving forward. Um, this yeah, momentum, so I love that. Even if it's slow, you know, um, it's it's better than no action at all. Yeah, yeah, agree. Okay, what is a, a book or a podcast or something that you've read or listened to recently that you think also owners should get their hands on or ears on? Um. I, I love reading, um, but my favourite, and I've read several times, is The Big Leap by Gay Hendricks. Um, and it's all about um, limiting beliefs. So, you know, like that little man that sits on your shoulder and constantly tells you that you're good enough or, you know, you shouldn't do this or you shouldn't do that. Um, not perfect enough. Not perfect <laughs> enough, yeah. Um it, it's it's about that. So it's about um, learning what those triggers are, how to identify them, how to overcome them, and how to take action. I love that. Yeah. Uh, I'm I don't read enough. I choose to listen more. Same mm. books. So yes. I've listened to that one on audiobook because it's great for when I'm going for a walk. If I read and sit still for too long, I start to fall asleep. It's not good. <laughs> um, I'm going to put the link to uh, that book or the audio book in the show notes of this podcast uh, episode. Lou, thank you so much for joining me. Thank you. Uh, sharing your words of wisdom. I really appreciate uh, the massive, amount, massive amounts of experience that you have, um, not only in owning your own salons, but working with salon owners. So, um, it's been great to have you along and it's been so nice to catch up with you. I know. Thank you. It's been good. It's been too long. Now, where can people come and find you and stalk you? Um, okay. So uh, Instagram is Louise May underscore Hebbies. Um, so you can um, come and say hello there. Um, or the website is Louise May Mentoring. Uh, sorry, Louise May Salon Mentoring.com. Perfect. All right. We'll also link those up to the show notes of this podcast. Thank you so much, Louise. It's been Thank great you, Larissa. It's been, been lovely. And that's a wrap for this episode. Thank you so much, Louise, for your wise words and advice. I almost wish that I had some of this when I first opened my salon. Good golly. If you're at this point in your salon ownership journey and considering opening up a salon, then I would highly recommend joining our free Facebook group, profitable and successful salon owners. Here you will connect with and meet salon owners from all around the world who are either at the same stage as you or have been through what you're going through and can provide you with all of the information around what to do and also 
what not to do. I also provide you with all the tools, resources, industry news, updates that will help in solving challenges such as team management, hiring the right staff, making marketing 101, uh, COVID support, as well as plenty of advice and support for you as the owner. As I preach every day, it's not just about owning a business, it's also about how to live and enjoy a life of freedom as well as the profit. So come and join me. I will leave a link to the group in the show notes of this episode and I look forward to connecting with you same time, same place on the podcast. Ciao for now. Thanks for joining me on another episode of the podcast. Tune in every week as I reveal the latest insights and advice on what it takes to truly master your inner salon CEO and master your salon success. Subscribe to the Salon Owners Collective podcast on iTunes or Spotify or visit us online at www.salonownerscollective.com. But make sure to join me in my Facebook group for answers to common questions and much, much more. Thanks for listening and I look forward to tuning in with you again next week.